Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Uh, welcome back. We like that podcast because <laughs> we like that. Okay. They would have just listened to the intro where you said that again. But okay, anyway. Hey, sometimes we've got to be reminded oh my when goodness. in a good place. So, Miracles of Miracles happened. I forced Calvin to listen to music that was not made in 2000. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I came across Country Trap very recently. I was very excited about it. As somebody who likes some country music, I was like, we're merging country music with trap music? Okay. Who knew this was a genre? Who knew? Well, I know Little Nas X. It, I knew about it around that time when he did Country Road. Well, we already know I'm not Oh, no, not Country Road. Old Town Road. Okay. Which was, I want to say, 2018, 2019? It was catchy. That's the only reason. But the part of what made it take off was country music was like, you take it off right now. Like, because <laughs> like, it, it hit, it made it, it charted in the country music charts. And country music was like, never again. So then he ended up doing a remix that featured um, Miley Cyrus's dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray, Icky Breaky Hartman. Icky Break Hartman. And it took off and it went everywhere. Kaboom! So that's what introduced me to trap country music. Um, so I made Calvin listen to Buckle Bunny by Tanner Adele. I made Calvin listen to uh, <laughs> The Country Girl by Bez, <laughs> by Bez Believe, who also did a song with Bubba Sparks. Bez I'm going to put that out there. Believe. They're getting so more intricate with their names, aren't they? Listen, he knew what he was doing. And then I, we also had another song by Little Dirk and Morgan Wallen called Stand By Me that I made Calvin listen to. So what did now, you think of Country Trap? So now... Just to start, I think the Little Dirk song is probably going to be the biggest one out of all of them. Okay. No, I take that back. That Buckle Bunny might be the biggest one. Okay. But I rate Little Dirk one a little higher than all of them. I give him about a 7. I give Buckle Bunny about Mm 6.5. And I give Thick Country Girl a 6. Okay. Because there are a lot of Thick Country Girls. Some of them Big Boned Country Girls. I'm going to make a song called Big Boned Country Girl. Mm -hmm. Big Boned Country Girl. Coming down the aisle, rocking my world. She can cook, she can clean. You know, lyric flow I terrible. Spits hot fire. Lyric flow I terrible. Spits hot fire. Lyric flow terrible. So okay, um, so you didn't like Best Believe? Best Believe, his flow was nice. I just he was pretty much just talking about girls shaking her ass. I want to. Well, so, I just took up of his other songs. I was, I was impressed with. The, the lyric flow, I'm honestly. I'm not saying he's the worst lyricist I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I was impressed with the not delivery. Really, he's not really saying that. The delivery is fine. Every, for all these songs, the delivery of is fine. Okay. The lyrics are fine for what it is. Okay. The beats are actually the best. Okay. It's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't do anything for me because they all sound the same to me. It all... Because you only like Outcasts from 2000. No, it all. Once you listen to, I guarantee you, that little Dirk sound, uh-huh. it's probably another 20 songs that sound exactly like that. I I can guarantee they don't. This, his album sounds very interesting. Really? Then he's yeah. doing something the rest ain't doing. That's probably why he's probably standing out. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. And if it catches, trust me, they're going to copy it. But, That's so, all they do is copy and paste. You saw what Best Believe looks like, right? So this is a, this is like a white man from Florida. Yeah, I get. Yeah, definitely a white man who knows black language. So I was like, "What is happening here?" But I was impressed with 
how he was how how the flow moves with the lyrics. The lyrics maybe are not the most innovative. It's not, that... but they they he wasn't mumble rapping. That's the which that's, I found different. That's what I like. They they're actually I can understand what they were saying. Right. It just was this talking about the same thing everybody else is talking about. But I also like the tactileness of his lyric flow. It felt like I was listening to an album that would have dropped in like the two thousands. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I can see. It. Have you listened to Panda? Do you know who that is? I'm London, London. Uh, yeah. London, London. Yes. Uh, London, London, London. So I'm, I'm thinking. It, I was, I was thinking, expecting that I was gonna be listening to something oh, similar okay, to that. Oh, okay, I got you. And then I when you. I, when he I came you. out with his stuff, I was like, No, it's nothing words? like that. It's, <laughs> it's the so, complete opposite. So like I, like, I said, oh, I can get with it. It's cool. I would listen if Spotify played it. I listen to it. Okay. Well, am I gonna go out my way to download it and, and put it, it on my play plays or put it in my favorites? Probably not. Listen, I love Tanner Adele. She but, had another song that was a huge hit. I'm gonna make Calvin listen to later because he was like, "Can she sing? Sing? Yes, yes, she can." Um, but I think she's found her niche, so yeah, she'll be all right. I think, but she leans more in being like country singer with trap beat. Sometimes she doesn't always have a trap beat. That's fine, as long as she got a market to where she can sell. Uh huh. Because at the end of the day, they're getting this business to make money. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, yeah, but I also. She's also a black girl doing this in a country venue. So I'm like, okay, all right. She's already limited to how far she can go. Very Well, I think that's why she started branching out with trap, which makes it a little, make, it opens it to other genres as well, if they wanted to flip back and forth. Makes sense. So anyway, so I may have listen to new music. Um, I'm going to see if I can force him to do it again next week. So It's fine. I don't, I don't mind it. Calvin found an article. Apparently, he doesn't have that article in front of him. No, it's 51 best hip-hop albums of all time. I don't know this why. This time, it's... this list is out of America. So yeah. we're, doing, we're doing good. That's two for two so far. <laughs> I don't know why it's 51, but hey. <laughs> I guess it's like, a, what do you call it? A, a memorable, honorable mention? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So they start with number one. Do you want to start with number 50? Let's start with 50. Okay. One. The, the honorable mention. Let's go to 51. Oh, I had to scroll quite yeah, a ways to get there. That's why I don't look at it on my phone because I'll be scrolling for years. Okay. They have P Pink Friday by Nicki Minaj is number 51. Did uh, you even listen to this album? No. Actually, so, I I really liked it. I can see why they put it on here. This was the album that mainstream her, world realized who Nicki Minaj was. So this one has made her a staple. Super, super bass is on it. Boom, okay. boom, 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 baby. Yeah. Okay, so this is the one that made her a staple. Yes, it okay. went platinum three times. Okay. Super bass, your love. There's there's a lot of, even if you just casually listen to Nicki Minaj, you would know half that album. Okay. So 51 is okay for me. Okay. Then we've got number 50. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you're going to be so mad. Okay, so number 50. Is AT Aliens by Outcast? Okay, <laughs> let the rage begin. Let the rage begin. Okay, oh, I've looked at this list. I think they're doing this list by how much the records sell. 
okay, sold maybe. and what it meant to them, hopefully. Hopefully, that's what they're doing. Because if they're just doing, because to me, Anti-Aliens should be closer to where the other Outkast uh, album is. If this was related to sales, they don't even mention it in their little blurb. They just say that it was uh, after the success of their debut, this album uh, was able to con- convince LaFace Records with his ba- baby faces label. Yeah. To try out something new with their sound. And they got their sophomore release, AT Aliens. Sure. The only only one thing they had a problem with was elevators. Because it was just hi-hats and a lot of that. L.A. Reid was was upset because he's like, this doesn't have that sound we're looking for. I'm surprised Babyface was even in the rap game. When it came to Babyface signing had on artists, nothing to do with. He's still attached to yeah, LaFace. yeah, yeah. But this is more of an L.A. Reid thing. L.A. Reid was pretty much running. They were they were pretty much talking to L.A. Reid. Okay, that's who they were. I'm just surprised he had a rap division. Period. Yeah, interesting. It was blowing up at that time. Interesting. So, LaFace came to Atlanta at the right time. Okay, at the perfect time. So, and he didn't think. Sonically, the song he was looking for the the regular old bass and all that stuff, and this was ele- elevators like hi hats and snare not, drum. not really snare drum like that, but it was a snare drum. It's like a, a, that high, a, yeah. I don't know the drum, whatever. So pretty much what they did with ATL uh, elevators is they went to the record uh, to the radio station and just played it, mm-hmm. and it took off. Okay. So that's how they changed Ellie Reed's mind. Mm-hmm. But that's way too low. Number 50? So <laughs> Yeah. I guarantee you they're not going to have maybe 20 or 30 records better than that. Well, so the next one, number 49, is Late Registration by Kanye West. That came out in 2004. It's known for Gold Digger and Hear Them Say. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rage. Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm glad we found this. I'm gonna rage. So, I look at the list. There's another Kanye album on there. that I think shouldn't even should be in this place. I don't know if this is necessarily in the order that they. I think they just put these out there. I don't know that these are necessarily in a t- top ten, top fifty type of. You know what I mean? Like, I think they just came up with fifty albums they really liked and said that these were the top albums, and then they just put them in a list. I don't think these are necessarily. How they submitted okay. these numbers. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. Well, late registration was to me my his second favorite album from him. From Your me. second favorite album from yeah. him. Okay. College Dropout was the first. Okay. It's number one. For yeah. most for a lot of people who remember when Kanye was new to the scene, it's those two albums. It's college dropout and late registration. Yeah. Once you get to um what eight oh eight or heartbreak or something like that? Yeah. That's the last good album to me. Okay. For a lot of people, that's that's how they feel. Like, that Dark Twisted Fanny was crap to me. Well, so younger people think his later stuff is what's really good. Because they don't listen. They don't. They think he just started. That's true. That's also true. All right. Number 48. Speaker box. Slash the love below. <sighs> Outcast. Mm. I think that should be in the top 10. I think ATL should be damn near the top 15, top 10. I wasn't aware of Outcast outside of Sorry Miss Jackson. That's Stank on you. 
Oh, Stankonia. And then yes. I remember they did Bombs Over Baghdad. Is that also Stankonia? That's Speaker Box? That's not Speaker Box. That's no, not that's not Speaker Box. Box. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, Stankonia. Stankonia. Yeah. So I'm, I knew them from those two songs, but this was the first album of theirs that I bought and listened to. Back Actually, to that was their last album. Which is hilarious. <laughs> but this was this was the first album for me that I purchased of theirs and listened to yeah. from the beginning to the end. B.O.B. was on Stink On You. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get trashed online for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that was number 48. Uh, Take Care by Drake is number 47. Yeah, whatever. Sure. I have a bias. I don't I don't I don't care about Drake. Um, Touche. Number 46 is the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. I think he deserves to be on the list. No, I'm not saying he shouldn't be on the list. I don't know if that's too low. I don't know. This wasn't his debut album, was it? Or was this the second one? This has got to be. This has got to be the first one. First one. Yeah, because my name is on is, is on it. So that's got to be the first one. Encore is like this. I don't know. What. I will say, this was the first rapper I listened to where like he got real dark. And I was like. Uh, he stayed true to himself. That's all. Kim. Yeah, he just stayed wow. true to himself. Wow. I can't knock him for that. I well, and no. too, he was killing other rappers on their he own really stuff. Lyrically, was. <laughs> he really was. He really was. Let's be honest. That renegade renegade song with him and Jay Z. Yeah, he won. He was doing amazing things. I might get crucified with that, but you can. He won. You can say what you want to say. Eminem. The won boy could rap. Yeah. The boy good. <laughs> he good. The boy good. He won that. So. All, right. All right. Number 45 is E, 1999, Eternal, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. Is I had Crossroads? That. Yeah. Yeah, it's Crossroads. Yeah, it's Crossroads. I only know Crossroads. But Smokers Only. It's not the 1999. So did they have huge hits before this album or no? Thug is Rush and Bone. That's their, like their first. Well, that's not their first album. That's their second album. Thug okay. Rush and Bone was their biggest hit. Um, I only know Crossroads from them. First of the month. Yeah. Was on their second album. Okay. East 1999 is their third album. Okay. And this yeah. is the one that like took off mainstream for yeah, them. Yeah, the first one is like Ouija boards and worshiping the devil and stuff. Whoa. Was, it was, yeah, it was one of those satanic albums, their first album. And you were allowed to listen to that, Calvin? I did not listen to it. I didn't even know they had a first album <laughs> like that. I met them at Thuggish Ruckish Bone. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yep, uh, mm-hmm. yep, what's yep. song? Crossroads? No. First of the month. That's okay. what I met them at. Mm-hmm. When I found out all the other stuff, I'm like, I can't listen to them anymore. <laughs> I actually stopped listening to Bone for a minute after I found out. Like this is this <laughs> <Nope>. is insane. <laughs> Not today. Even on East ninety nine, they got their little Ouija. Are you with me? Wow. They well, can harmonize their ass off though. All right, then for number forty four, we got Black on Both Sides by Mo Steph. It's following his work with T- Talib Kwali. That's it. Um, apparently, it's highlighted by Miss Fat Booty slash Mathematics, which was a critical darling, yeah, but didn't this... pick up. Pretty much any like a, really like no, his, award nomination. Last time before he went in hiatus or started acting or something, I don't know what happened after this. Oh, okay. I but, I just remember people really liked his lyrics or yeah. his lyricity, how whatever the, yeah. his flow. They really liked yeah, how he. But Black did. Star was the album that put everybody on to him. Okay, and With, he was uh, like Tyler he was Quale. like the thinkers rapper apparently. Yeah, like, he's a backpack rap. 
Him and uh, Talib Kweli a backpack rap. That's what they call it. Is common backpack rap? Yes. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Then you've got number 43, Introducing, and it's DJ Shadow. I don't know who this is. Moving on. Don't know. <laughs> uh, do you know Midnight in a Perfect World? Who's that? It's DJ Shadow. No. Stem? No. The number song? No. Okay. Well, that's on the list. I don't know who this is. Then exactly. We, we've got. You could have put it, It's Aliens right there. We've got DS2 by Future. Is he a good rapper? I've not, I don't like his music, so I, I don't know. I don't listen to Future like that. Okay, well, but he's on he's, list. he's one of the big ones. Like, the mumble rapper, he is, like, the king. He's got uh, successful songs like Fuck Up Some Commas and Where You At. Yeah, that one. I know that Sierra loved him at one time. He so. put that out there. You, you play that one out there. She they, had a full they, baby bite his news. Those, those dudes will lose, lose their minds. I don't Whatever, he's on the list. Black Album by Jay-Z is number 41. That's too low. Came, apparently came out in 2003? Yes. Change clothes, dirt it, off your soldiers, yes. 99 problems. Hits, hits, hits. Not, all of that was um, in 2003? Yeah. I don't know why uh, I thought that was in the late 90s. Are you not entertained? Interesting. Uh, Threats was on that album. Do you think this was the album that Kanye West was like, we are best friends? We are now best friends. I think it would be Niggas in Paris. No, that was afterwards. Because that part of his rant around Jay-Z was that to celebrate their their friendship was them collaborating for that. So according to Kanye, they've been friends when he was a producer for him for a very long time. I don't understand why people think that somebody allegedly distancing themselves away from you because you're doing erratic stuff makes them not want to be your friend. Allegedly. You doing erratic stuff makes me not want to be your friend. Allegedly. If it's going to hurt my business and my brand and our whole thing, the way we make money is off our names and our brands. I'm not going to let you and destroy. And you're completely unpredictable. Yeah, I'm not going to let you destroy my kingdom while you tear down yours at the same time. Uh, okay. Uh, number 40, Aquimini. Aquimini? Yep, by Outkast. Oh, God. Well, I think you should be happy that they, they already named three Outkast albums so far. They're going to name all of them. Because <laughs> they're that damn good. Okay. The okay. only one that might not make it is Southern Playlistic. Okay. I didn't know Rosa Parks was on this yes, album. Yeah, Rosa Parks is on Okomanai. Oh. Okay. Number number 39 is Yeezus by Kanye West. All right, skip. Uh, Next another one. Another garbage album. Uh, number 38, Missy E. Or Missy E. So Addictive by Missy Elliott. Okay. Oh, you agree? I think Okomanai should be there. but One Minute Man was on it. Take Away for My People. Yeah, I'm fine. I think Okomanai should be there, but okay. Okay. I'm no. biased as hell. Number 37, Boy in the Corner, Dizzy Rascal. Do you know that? Nope. I'm going to go do something else right quick because that song, I don't know who the hell that is. Apparently it's out of the UK. I don't know why. Why is it still here? <laughs> but it's in here. So, okay. Um, No, number 36 is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Disagree. This should be in the top 10. What is wrong with y'all? And this I is why everything. we shall let millennials rate our music. We are millennials. I'm sorry. Gen, Gen Z. No, I think these people who wrote it are millennials. No, they're not. They're Gen Zers. There's no way millennials will put that. Gen Zers aren't in their mid-20s yet. Whatever. There's no way they will put that song there. That's what they did. Then they're not ranking. They're just giving you 51. That's what I think it is. I don't think these are ranks. These are just 51s albums. of the top whatever albums. I don't think there's ranking in here. Number 35, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. Also way too low. Way too low. 
Is that the one with uh? Nine one one is a joke. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Fight the power. Is that on there? No, this is like a. It's a follow up to It Takes a Nation. That that was oh. where Fight the Power was on. I dialed nine one one a long time ago. <laughs> I get up. I get get to get down. Nine one one's a joke. Your time. Paid in full by Eric B and Rakim. Okay. That's number thirty four. I think that's too high. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Number 33, The Low End Theory, A Tribe Called Quest. This was their second album. Midnight Marauders got to be way down there then. Check the Rhyme and Jazz We Got was on there. Yeah, so Midnight Marauders got to be all the way down there. I don't know what Midnight Marauders is. It was written by Nas. Is number 32. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Damn by Kendrick Lamar is on number 31. Okay. Then we've got me Against the World, Tupac Shakur, number 30. Okay, you get to put uh, AT Aliens or Kumanai in 31. They put Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys as number 29. Okay. Now we're White people getting... love Beastie Boys. No, we're just getting okay. biased here. Yeah. White people love them. I know. I'm not saying they're bad, but. They're not bad, but also. Mm. Anyway, uh, Hardcore by Little Kim is number 28. I also feel that this is too low for what she did. This was one of the biggest albums for her when she came out. Also, there wasn't that many women doing what she was doing at the time that this came out. So, uh, I think that's fine. Um, I think. Number 27, The Carter 3 by Little Wayne. Okay. 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 Yep. I'm not going to fight that. Number 26, Seth Titled Album, Run DMC. Okay. Um, number 25, Life After Death, Notorious B.I.G. Should be in the top 10. Yes. We agree. Okay. I don't know why that's there. Because, yeah. Number 24, Graduation by Kanye West. Whatever. I mean, yes. Okay. That biggie should be in front of that. For sure. But, yeah. Number 23 is 2001 by Dr. Dre. Okay. This was... This wasn't the Chronic. No, this no, was this before the Chronic this, uh, 2 or after it? Before this, it. This is the one with the next episode. Yes, but was this before or after the Chronic 2? Before it, right? What Chronic 2? There's the Chronic. Yeah. The Chronic 2 never came out. I thought it did. No, it that came out. He's still working on the Chronic 2. For real? Yeah, he's been working on the Chronic 2 for decades now. You can okay. look it up. Oh, no. As also referred to as the Chronic 2001 or the Chronic 2. Yeah. 2001 is known as that. Interesting. So it's the same album that I'm thinking of. Okay. So. <laughs> Everything's uh, in madness right now. Calvin's burning food and his mic stand just threw itself to the ground. Hold on. Back to our regular scheduled programming with minus all the things that we're attacking. Heaven's the, the heaven's a bit, see. Everything fell off the table. <laughs> all right, number 22. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Public enemy. Oh, that's the... Uh, what uh, don't believe, Elvis! What's up? Don't believe the hype and bring the noises on it. Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Uh, 21, the Eminem show. I don't know why this is higher than... The mar- the other one, but all right. Yes, the the Eminem. What's what's it called? Eminem show. 
Eminem show, yeah, that one had all the hits. Had without me, yeah, sing for the moment and cleaning out my closet. I feel Clean like Marshall closet. Mathers had a lot of hits. The way I am is on that one too, right? Uh, no, that's Marshall Mathers. Okay. This but is yeah. his third one. Yeah, that one had all his big hits. I guess. Guess who's back? back that wasn't again? on this one. Oh. You're talking about his second album. Uh, that all of those are on his second album. Okay. This is his third one. So it's the second one must be way down there then. I'm assuming. Or I'm you assuming mean higher on their list. Yeah. All right, number twenty, the infamous Mob Deep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You agree with that with number twenty? Yeah. Okay. They had a uh, Quiet Storm. Number nineteen is Midnight Marauders. Tribe Crow Class. Yeah. Actually, some people put that in their top ten or top five. Eighteen is the Blueprint by Jay Z. I think the Black Album was better than the Blueprint to me. Mm-hmm. Most people say I'm stupid. Mm. But it is what it is. Oh. America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube. Triple K on America. Yeah. Is number 17. Uh, we got, ugh, we've got number 16, Get right, get Rich or Die Trying, 50 Cent. Disagree. Should be lower on this list. You don't even listen to 50 Cent like that. Exactly. So why would it be lower? Because I don't, I honestly don't understand the hype around 50 Cent. I don't understand why everybody thinks he's such a good rapper. I really don't get it. I yep. really don't. Well, he got a lot of hits. So. He has the same bored tone. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. <laughs> so. I like some of the stuff. It's a lot of stuff I can do without. So. Also, like everybody that helped him get in the game, he basically like betrayed. Like, I don't, I'm confused. Anyway, uh, number f- 15 is Three Feet High and Rising. Day Every, soul. Everybody loves a bad guy. Yes. The, uh, I believe, I, I agree that De La Soul should be on this list. What's on this album? It has. Me, myself, Shuffle and I, I. Potholes in my lawn, and I know. I think Jermaine Dupree did one of those songs. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, number 14 is Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I was killing that in high school. <laughs> killing it. <laughs> oh, it's got gin and juice on it. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, okay. gin and juice. And That's who uh, am I? Snoop Doggy Dog. Um, you know how much people are killed on the court to that song? Ugh. Mad Villainy. Mad Villain, number 13. I have never heard of this group. It's from 2004. No, I don't know who that is. Me either. All right. Uh, then we've got The College Dropout, Kanye West, number 11. Or, I'm sorry, number 12. Disagree. But whatever. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, there. That's good. Okay. Number 11, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang Clan. Number 10? Number 11. Number 11? Mm-hmm. What's number 10? Number 10 is Kendrick Lamar, Good Mad, Good Kid, Mad City. That should not be in front of Wu Tang, but I get why it's there. Okay. It's 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 down there, but not in front of Wu Tang. Number nine is Stankonia Outcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you're right. All of their albums are going to be on this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they only had maybe five albums. I don't know. Southern playlist. Like I said, I apparently I got their last album. Oh, I thought. What am Stankonia. I thinking of? I think I'm thinking of the soundtrack to their Speaker movie, Idle Wild. But wasn't that basically Speaker Box and Love Below? Idle Wild? No. No, it wasn't. The movie basically had all of Speaker Box in it. No, that was Idle. Idle Wild is his own album. It's yeah. a soundtrack. Yeah, it's a soundtrack to his, it's its own soundtrack, but the movie had a lot of Speaker Box in it. Yeah, I think they put a Bowtie couple of songs. Bowtie is yeah. on Speaker Box. Yeah, they had a couple of songs on it, yeah. Very interesting. 
Uh, number eight is All Eyes on Me, Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder where his uh, Dare Mama one is on there. Uh, let's, what did they say? Me Against the World, I should say. I'm sorry. Me Against the World. Oh. All Eyes on Me is on it. California Love is on this album. Yeah. That's really all they say. Then we've got number seven, the Marshall Mathers LP. This is the second album from Eminem. It's got The Way I Am on it. I don't think it should be below. Stand. I don't think it should be in front of uh, All Eyes on Me. White people love Eminem. <sighs> Did right. we already do Biggie already? Yeah. He was like in like number 20-something. Which album? The first one? No. I think his last one. Life After Death? Yeah. Okay, so his his other album should be somewhere around here. Well, number six, The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Okay. Number five, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. This Ugh. is what the hell I'm talking about. This Ugh. insanity. <laughs> Throw up. Why? All of they the picked the worst like... album. But Okay, so I'm thinking these are younger millennials. So there's older millennials, people like us who were born in the 80s till about 90, and then there's the younger millennials who were born after that. And I think for them, these were songs that were playing for them when they were growing up. So that's that's why I think Then I blame, I blame their parents for their poor music choice. Well, their parents were probably white people, so you know. Um, number four, Straight out of Compton, N.W.A. Yeah, I was killing that. Number uh, three, Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G. Okay. Then we've got number two, Elmatic by Nas. What the hell is number one then? Kendrick Lamar. Yep, millennials did this goddamn. To pin yep. a butterfly. Yep, because if you let <laughs> us tell it, uh, Get Ready to Die or Nas Elmatic is number one or two. Well, again, I think it depends on. Reasonable Doubt. Jay-Z's you were album, Reasonable Doubt, it didn't even make the list, but the Blueprint did? I find it interesting. And the Black album did? I think we should do a review on that that Netflix series that discusses the history of hip-hop. Okay. Because, I mean, I like the science that guy applies to his list when he's talking about where it came from, the different regions, and how all this came together to make hip-hop. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like when people give their top ten lists, most of the time, they're doing it to get attention, so they're just going to put whatever out there to get people to talk. True. But also, if people are talking about how they're like this hip-hop head or this hip-hop connoisseur, I don't think a lot of them can separate their own bias, bias. from the actual musicality of the songs. Because there's no way you're going to tell me you're a hip-hop head and you pick Dark Twisted Fantasy that low. Well, I mean, I also don't think they're putting into the frame of context for this, like, what the music was sounding Prior to that, I don't think they could equate music with with our generation. Pretty much, do music on where we were. We could tell you that at the time where we were, when we heard it, what was going on, what was happening mm-hmm. to certain songs. Yeah, I don't think the generations after us and generations that can tell you that, or they don't think of music in that way. In that way. I, well, they have different accessibility to it. Like for us, it was the radio, or we had to go buy a CD. And two, I think a lot of the music on them is pushed on them. I don't think they really get to choose who they like. No, I disagree because I think they have even more choice because they got Spotify, they got streaming services now where they but, can pick and choose. But what I'm saying is, everything sounds the same. If you, if even if you listen to the radio or if you listen to people playlists, 
on a train. You can hear people's music. It's pretty much just everybody's playing the same thing. Everything sounds the same. So I think they're... But that's to us with older ears. You I know guess. what I mean? Yeah, I guess. It's right. it's new to them. Something smells like it's burning. And um, I, th- I think what you said at the beginning was was right. The way they associate their their music to what's happening in their life, it's not the same way that we used to. Are you to. having a stroke? If you're smelling burning? I don't you, smell burning. You don't smell burning oil? gonna denial okay yes. anyway if we die for this we die for this so that's basically it i do agree with eminem being on this list more than once i definitely agree with outcast being on this list more than once i am mad that uh lauren hill is so low i'm mad that little kim and missy elliott are both so low they're like the only two that really got on here three than lauren hill but i there, think there's other people foxy brown is not even on this list I remember where I was when the Ilana came out too, but uh, left uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez is not on this list at all. She didn't really have an album. She didn't. She have her solo album. I could swore she had one. Supernova. I don't even think that came. I think it. I don't even know. Brat. No, there's no the Brat on here. Yeah, the Brat didn't make it. That's yeah. Fuck the Five was a classic. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. You know. Queen Latifah. Nothing. Nobody. Memphis Light. Nothing. No. No one. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I didn't make the list. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I just I didn't do this. I, I didn't do it. I'm just saying. There you know. I'm just saying. But that was it. That was the list. Um, per usual, we don't agree with the, <laughs> the placements of what's on here or who's included. So, yeah. there you go. Hopefully, I don't get burnt with all this grease flying all over the place right now. Our house is going to be on fire. Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. Night of Day Fiance the other way. Cool. Okay. So what did you think? Before we get into all the couples, do you think this season's even worth watching? I mean, we're halfway in it, so it's too late. But do you think it's worth watching? Yeah. Just to figure out why people shouldn't be together. Yeah. I like some of the couples. I wish we spent less time on some of the other couples. So, let's get into it. Ready? What? All of the couples are pretty much the same. I disagree. Really? Yeah. How? I think that Gino and Jasmine are far worse than any of the other couples. Violet and uh, Riley. Riley ain't the same? No. No. They argue just like them. That's like two Jasmines in a in a relationship. Riley and Violet, or Riley and Violet are two Jasmines in a relationship. Okay. Neither one of them is Gino like at all. Uh, I get what you're saying. Okay. But to me, they argue just like them. So to me, it's the same. I disagree. Well, let's get into it. So shall we? Let's shall talk, we? go ahead and talk about Gino and Jasmine. Dang. Their entire arc was. A made-up fight about her now ex that might be back in the picture, but it just feels forced, so forced. I get what you're saying. I think something's there. I don't. Mm, mm. First of all, she introduced him randomly when she was com- when she was complaining about Gino. They met up at a restaurant. Then he disappeared. Then he comes back on the phone because he's gone. She she says he's out on holiday with his family. 
And it's kind of open-ended what that means. Is he with, like, parents and relatives? Or is he with his children? Say either way. He's not with his children. He's just on holiday. No, she said he's on holiday with his family. That can mean anything. That's like what I'm saying. Say, like you said, that means It's anything. open-ended. Like I said, I think they're in the same building. Come on. Uh-uh. Come on. I disagree. All right. No, I think... Do I think Gino has a reason to be upset? Maybe, but not really, because he's the one that's been giving up photos to all his exes and doing stuff. So he's so I understand his trustworthiness, not having it. That's a weird way to say that, but yeah. Jasmine doesn't strike me as somebody who would give up the high ground, especially when it comes to fighting with Gino. I don't think she cares about a high ground i think she does oh okay it's why she keeps saying like i'm such a good you know i'm such a good girlfriend to you and you did all of this to me that's what she keeps saying now she could absolutely be doing worse and just saying that all the time but again this feels just feels fake it doesn't feel like she's actually engaging in anything with this ex-boyfriend at all he's just there to be a sounding board or to give them a storyline for the show in my opinion Oh, so you think she talked to him, hey, I just want you to be in the show. To yes. Seem like there's something going on. But yes. Not. You think she told Gino about it too? <sighs> Maybe. To me, it don't matter. He going to have the same dumb look on his face anyway. <laughs> so to me, it don't matter if she told him or told him not. The, and then the, the episodes for next week is them going to a, a therapist. So yes. I don't. So, but yeah, their whole storyline for this last episode, which was Fatal Attraction, uh, is just them fighting about her having being... Or talking to an ex. It's draining because everybody knows and they know they shouldn't be together. Yeah. So it's like, you're forcing me to care about two couples who don't even care about themselves or their relationship. I don't know about forcing, but you keep trying to yes. make us care about these two yes. that we don't care about that's, at all. That's how I meant to say that, yes. Very interesting. But yeah, no, skip. Next one. So after, <laughs> let's go ahead and... Let's go ahead and get into Riley and Violet. I'm actually invested in this one, though. I'm too, but maybe for not the same reason you are. Oh, okay. Why are you invested? Violet reminds me of a lot of women I grew up with. Whether Asian? Well, Asian, but I mean like first generation in the States kind of Asian. So they still have a lot of their traditional norms from the other country. Mm-hmm. But also women who just at a later age, started to gain ownership of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what Violet kind of strikes me as. And now that she's kind of striking out on her own and gaining that independence, I don't think Riley likes it. And he's like, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? No, I don't think Violet is completely blameless. I think she also plays games. And I think she also could leave because this is a terrible relationship that they are in. But she's like, no, I got to stick with it. She absolutely could leave. But... The reason I'm invested is because Riley is coming up with all kinds of crazy behind excuses as to why he's the victim. And I kind of enjoy it. That's why I'm invested. Riley's debauchery and stupidity has me invested. (laughs) Well, let's talk about it real quick. Okay. So we kick it off with them talking about how um, oh, they have a sit down. Uh, they're at another historical location in Vietnam that's got a bunch of American tanks 
like a, a military armored vehicles. And um, he sits down with, Riley sits down with Violet and Violet tells him that her mother has concerns about his behavior. Um, she was kind of thrown off that when they met for the very first time, you know, Riley had gifts for the girls, but he didn't have a gift for her mother. And he looks at Violet and he's like, well, if you told me that, I would have brought it. And Violet's like, well, if you asked me, I would have told you. And he goes, whatever. Sure. I apologize about that. My, you know, my intention wasn't that, but you called me ugly and fat in public. And she's looking at him like, oh my gosh, what? (laughs) <laughs> like the look on her face is utter confusion she's like what? <sighs> what are you talking about and he goes we don't understand each other's culture then we get a side video of Riley speaking directly to the camera where he's like I'm in a foreign country as a black man I'm trying not to roll my eyes immediately and then he's like I'm 6'4 wham. I'm already something they've never seen before wham, wham. and now she's also calling me ugly and fat and it's it, and it just adds to the stereotype, he says, of being dark skinned and not being light skinned. And I'm like, where are we going Wah. with this? Asian cultures, it's no you know, secret. They have their own colorism issues. Colonialization happened everywhere, including Asia. So there is a lot of push for brightening creams, lightening creams. There's stuff that's inherent to the culture where they talk about if you're darker, it means you're bad. And if you're lighter, that you're good. So colorism in Asia is not new but the way that riley's trying to dip into that especially as a black person traveling overseas he's making it sound like violet's going out of her way to stigmatize him and that's not what's happening so my issue is they have a code how they show their love or appreciation for each other in this relationship it's from an it's it's negative yeah so flipping each other off means I love you. Saying I Saying hate you. Saying I hate you means I love you. So Riley invented the freaking code. So to me, Riley should never forget about the freaking code he created. So for him to be like, I'm hurt by you saying this, you invented the whole dynamics of the relationship on the negative. So I don't know if he did it by himself because that's also her humor. Her humor is that. I get that. But. He said he was okay with it. I agree. He set the ground. He did set the ground rules. He set the ground rules. That this is so what we're going to do. So you should never forget the goddamn code. So now to be all butthurt and sensitive and crying about it now, to me, when she's pretty much doing the her same thing, stuff, her yeah. normal stuff, the same thing you've been doing, to cry about it now makes me go, really, dude? It does seem like really? a lot of little things that he was upset about is now becoming one big thing. And so whenever she's like, I need to talk to you, he's like, well, guess what I got in the pocket? All these things that I have been upset about but for whatever reason have not talked to you about. But he goes into this diatribe about how, like, she can't call him fat and ugly in public to other people and how he's treated differently, blah, 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 colorism. And then, of course, Violet's looking at him like, what are you? Like, she sees that he's really upset, but for her, it's coming out of, Left field, because like just like Calvin said, their norm has been to bash each other as a way of affection. But also where she's at, th- those types of like stark, blunt truths is seen as humor where she's at. I is it is it still hurtful? Of course, but 
she's not in a they're not in america she doesn't see this any as anything abnormal and even when she was talking to the the tailor they were just laughing like it was it's not something that's weird for them i think raleigh thrives on keeping uh division in his relationship to some extent okay because if you don't have it there's nothing to work on that means the relationship ain't going away or moving. Oh, you think he likes the drama? He likes, he likes the, drama the drama in his drama. relationship. He needs it. Because if there's no drama, there's no reason for this. Then what's wrong with the relationship? Something's, then it's too good. Then something's wrong. We need to break up. I don't even know if he's ever been in a relationship where there wasn't any drama. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. if there's nothing happening, he doesn't know what to do. So he has to keep something in his pocket. So when you say, hey, I got an issue. Oh, that's great because I had an issue too. Well, oh, now I got one. So the other thing is they don't really talk to each other. They talk to everybody else, but they don't talk to each other. That's strike two and three right there. But, I mean, to to Riley's little bit of credit, he does try to broach topics with Violet, and she's quick to be like, no, let's not talk about it now. Let's just enjoy our time together. Granted, when he broaches those topics, he's like, let's talk about everything I hate about our relationship right now. So but he, the, there's no smooth transitions. No, yeah, he picks stupid stupid times to have deep in-depth conversations like when they were talking about it the first time they're not even deep conversations they're like short-sighted you did me wrong conversations but what if he picks stupid times to have them like the time they were talking about he's talking about this is how i made me feel when you said i was dark and black and all stuff that's when he should have had this whole conversation yeah not when we're at dinner trying to have a good time yeah he should have his he should have had his friend call her then he shouldn't have had his friend call her to corner her in the first place. We'll it, get to that. We'll it it to don't that. matter. What I'm saying is, you know, you want to know how to keep a relationship kind of good and uh, on solid ground? Oh, Lord. Keep what? your friends and your family out your damn business. Oh, that's not where I thought the answer was going to go. Okay. Keep your family and friends out your goddamn business. It, just many. And if you're going to tell them questions. bad things, tell them just as much good things as you tell them bad. So basically, Riley and Violet have this whole conversation in public outside about how he feels bad that she keeps calling him ugly and fat to his face in Vietnam in front of everybody. And Violet, to her credit, she looks very surprised, but then she apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry. I did not mean to hurt you in any way. I will not do that moving forward. You know, I will figure out how to make those changes so that you're comfortable because I, you know, that wasn't my intention. And two, she only did it in front of one person. Let's not act like she was doing it in in the middle of Times Square. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? The man is crazy. So, and then um, <laughs> we find out. He's like, we can only do those kinds of jokes in, in private. private. Maybe we shouldn't do those jokes, period, sir. Oh, no, no, now we're going to do it in private. That, that's, that's good. Not, that's good. This is a good time to tell me. Instead of not telling me the memo before. Great. Thank it you. Is- so crazy. Uh, later, they have a dinner. It's a full sit-down dinner. Riley's like, I need you to talk to my sister. It's sister in quotation marks. This is really a really close friend that he's been friends with for years. Um, he wants her to FaceTime the both of them so that he it's, it's weaponized. He wants the sister to ask Violet all of the stuff that he hasn't been able to get answers for. Not that he hasn't asked before several times, but stuff that he hasn't gotten answers for, essentially. So Violet's thinking, oh, I'm just going to meet his, you know, his close friend. Conversation starts out with, hey, you look beautiful. You know, what is it that you like about Riley? By the way, he told me he didn't delete an app. And I want to know why you didn't delete this app immediately. 
And then Riley is over there like, answer her. Don't look at me. Answer her. Answer the question. I'm I leaving. answer all the questions at your house. And they cut it off. So we don't get to, the previews for next week do show Violet eventually getting up to leave and Riley being very rude and shouting bye. And the friend, the, the sister slash friend being like, that's not a valid answer. Like, <sighs> So this is what's going to happen. Uh, She's going to walk off. They're going to be mad. Riley's going to go back to his hotel and cry about it. And then call her, and they're going to make up and apologize. Do you think he's going to hire the private investigator? Yes, because he's stupid. Stupid people do stupid things. The whole thing no is reason. stupid. They need to break up. They need to break up for both of their sakes. Clearly, this is not going to work. Yeah, because I came to Vietnam to find if I find if I was going to break up or not. That's an expensive That's a waste way, of money. Expensive right? Expensive way to find out if you're going to break up or not. <laughs> right. But hey. I'm here for the entertainment. If, if every time you are with this person alone and the first thing you want to talk about is all of the bad things they're doing to you, maybe you shouldn't be with this person anymore. That you, oh, by the way, said it's okay because that's how you show love and affection. That, but also you don't trust them whatsoever. Your constant questions to them are, are you cheating? Are you still married? Who else are you talking to? Why didn't you delete a dating app? Is it are you that, still on the dating app? Is it that or is that some? he needs just to keep him going in this relationship i don't like i don't think he knows what a healthy relationship looks like and i don't maybe maybe he does want something to be like look see what else she's doing to hurt me maybe he also does want that but why does violet is my question why is she putting herself through this he needs confirmation to overstand i don't understand this overstand situation Help me overstand your overstand situation. It means I have to stand, but I have to go overstand. Over the stand to stand. I don't understand. To the, only understand. Way, the only way you could overstand is if you become me. Are you going to become Venom? You're going to become Venom, become a symbiote, and join my body so you can see everything that I'm doing firsthand? Yes. Goodness gracious. That's what I'm going to I'm going to start calling Riley the symbiote. So anyway. Okay. That's the end of the symbiote and Violet. Violent. Definitely violent. Let's talk about Calvin's favorite couple, though. Let's go back to Misha and Nicola. Michelle. Calvin was telling me that he thinks Misha is a, what was it again? Sometimes Christian? Yeah. She's a Christian Monday through Saturday. I mean, she's a, she's a, she's a, she serves the devil Monday through Saturday, but loves the Lord on Sunday. And I'm, I'm rolling my eyes over here. Me, we, the storyline for Misha is that she got a vision. And became a devout Catholic based on this vision. She works for the Catholic Sundays. Church. Only on Sundays. No, she doesn't work only on Sundays. No, she's a devout Catholic only on Sundays. No. I don't think Calvin has an awareness of what American Catholics actually do. I don't understand why you need to have something to confess every Sunday. I'm not saying they do things just to have something to confess, but Sounds they like live their they lives. Do. Sounds like that's what they do. Not really. Cause she's backing it up on the dance floor, slamming back the margaritas. Give me one more read. I'm going to put it in my butt. So That's what she said. That is not at all what she said. Calvin's basing all of this on the fact that at some point, Misha and Nic- Nicola go to like this like restaurant row that's out there. And she made that man sin. They get into a conversation about, uh, oh, because Nicola is disgusted. He, he doesn't want to be at this restaurant row. He's, He's like, this is disgusted. where sin is. Like he just, This is he, where the devil hangs out. It. He hates it so much. See that, Misha? See that over there, Misha? That's the devil. He's like, 20 years ago, nothing was here, and it was great. And now there's clubs and restaurants and 
bars. On all this heathens. holy ground. <laughs> and nothing but heathens and sodomites. Look at her. She took mar- one margarita and now she put it in her puss. Me- meanwhile, Misha's like, it's lovely here. Like, it looks like a decent scene. It looks like it's a nice little place to go to to experience some nightlife. And he's like, you know what they do out here? They smoke cigarettes. And she goes, I smoke one once a year. Yeah. And he goes, we don't do that. <laughs> like, like immediately. Smoke like, three cigarettes. We don't do she gonna that. Give her, she going to give somebody some head. That's Good what, that's Catholics what don't smoke. And I'm like, that's not even in the Bible. Anyway, so then Nicola, not Nicola, Misha's like, I would love to check out some dancing because Misha likes dancing. She likes, she, this is somebody who wants to cuddle. She she enjoys a cigarette once a year. All he And she do. wants to dance. So here's my thing. They were drinking wine. Like they brought wine back to the room and everything. But you didn't call Nicola a heathen or sometimes Christian at that point. Well, he's he, he Eve has made him sin now. No, he was doing that beforehand. Eve, Eve already got him now. Calvin. But he, also, this is the same guy who has not told his family about Misha whatsoever. He's no longer in the Garden of Eden. And who has done nothing but judge her the entire time. But Misha's the one in the wrong? Now he got, now he got something to confess on Sunday in the, in the, in the booth. What's he going to confess? Michelle made me maybe made me Who's shake Michelle. Her. Michelle, whatever, what, what is her name? Michelle. Misha. Misha made me shake my booty on the dance floor, and I was praying the whole time. But next thing you know, I am no longer in the garden. Even basically, Eve has got to me. We pick up with the with this couple. I think it's the day after the, all of their fighting about him telling his family about her because he hasn't. He hasn't told his family. About I don't understand her. why she cares that his family. Her fan, She's going knows. to marry him. That's why she wants him, wants the family. She was expecting the two weeks of her being out there for them to be a trial couple. You like, really, to see what you, it's like to be doing this in real life, meet the families, because they plan to get married. You really think his deaf mama going to like her? No, he said it. He said his, his mom's going to hate her. He said that immediately. Okay, so what's the point? Well, that's, that's his stance. His stance is what's the point? Exactly. But she's like, because I'm about to be in your life, Forever. That's I, the point. You're going to meet my girls. You're going to meet my family. Why wouldn't I meet your family? Exactly. I'm leaving. So what does it matter? No. You'll never he, see them again. He doesn't want to leave, Calvin. You don't remember their conversation? So what is she going to do? That that was part of their argument from the previous episode. So who's moving where? That was part of their argument. For, where do you go? I, do you watch the show when we watch the show? thought it was the other way. So I, I eventually thought she was the coming to Israel. The plan was for Nicola to come to America. That was the plan. When Misha got there, their discussion all of a sudden changed with Nicola saying, sometimes America, sometimes here. And then she was like, okay, because his family's here. So she's like, oh, okay, yeah. So when do I meet your family? And that's when he was like, why? See, so- <laughs> what, see what happens when you live in your mom's basement for 50 years of your life and you never leave? You become uh, the best catholic ever so then no you start living in dreams so then so it was that that the fact that he was it didn't seem like he was taking it seriously or at least taking it to the extent that misha was taking it seriously then she had to break it down for him in this episode that like listen this two weeks of me being here is to see the other aspects of your life i don't get to see when we're talking on the phone and if we can't come to the same conclusion about things get on the same page about where we're headed as a couple i'm going back home single we're not <laughs> breaking off the engagement i'm going home single uh, he was going home single but engaged anyway so i don't understand the problem but it wouldn't be the engaged part would be gone that's so but nicola's like i don't want to lose misha 
I'll make whatever changes I need to make to myself <laughs> to stay with her. See how he's already putting his his religion on the back burner for Eve. Calvin, please stop. Deceit. Please stop. Deceitful. So he done ate the apple. The next step apparently is so that they can meet Nicola's family. But my thing is, I don't think Misha's picking up on the fact that Nicola is very quick to judge others. So quick to judge others. So fast. For not being on his level or not knowing God the way he knows God. All of that. Well, love is a hell of a drug. That's all I can say. It's interesting. So, next couple. You want to talk about uh, Tere and Carmela? I got this one. Okay. Tere. Catfished. Carmela. Lady of the Night, OnlyFans, porn stuff on OnlyFans. Pretty much that's it. Now he wants to go back to Barbados and get stood up again. This is how you break down an episode? Yep. Quicker to the point. How did he find out Carmela is a Lady of the I Night? I do like an ESPN highlight. That's okay, what I do. So first of all, she, well, we don't know that she's a Lady of the Night, but we know she's a cam girl. Same thing, Lady of the Night. No, it's not. She isn't, she's not with anybody when she's doing cam work. Cam girls are solo. I don't think he said that. He did say that. He said cam girl. Okay. And that's where all the videos are from. That's why he said he recognized the background. We're talking about Tarek and Lashanti, his sister, going to see a private investigator after all of the nonsense of him not believing private that Carmella is not real. Watching you. And when Lashanti found all of that, I guess like ads for Carmella. And none of those phone numbers worked. They got a private investigator. The private investigator basically talks about how, like, all those phone numbers they had were drop phones. So they weren't meant to get traced or really to return calls at all. They were just, like, to hold, like, I guess, voicemail or text messages. And so he can't really trace them. But he was able to do reverse searches for the websites themselves. I think he sucks as a private eye just a little. Actually, he found out a lot of information. The... That they could have found out themselves. Not really. You wouldn't, he, they wouldn't have been able to find out about that PayPal account situation. So he's able to confirm that the PayPal account that Car- Carmela was using, a.k.a. Christian, is not the same PayPal account that this real Carmela is using, which I don't even think her name is Carmela. Bump, bump. We already knew that. <laughs> but to Ray is like, nah, I think something else is happening. There's no way because Carmela was so real. There's no Someone way. Someone is making her do cam girl film he is doing olympic style hoop jumping and it's got to be that guy or they're working together to scam me either or that's what he thinks he thinks christian slash fake carmella is working with real carmella which is probably still not her name uh, together which doesn't make sense to me because she's not getting a cut of anything so then to raise like well i need to talk to the real carmella two opposite ends of the world. Of the world, literally. To raise, like, I need to talk to the real Carmela sex worker lady then to see what's going on. Why? And the private investigator's looking at him like, sure. <laughs> like, She's not going to sure. answer. She's not going to answer. Okay. Yeah, you could try. And his sister's just sitting there like, okay, dear God. Then we find out Teray has tried to meet Carmela more than once. He went down to Barbados, like Calvin was saying. On his own, his siblings remember this, and they remember it as the trip he took and came back by himself. And he then discloses he was he was supposed to meet real Carmela, but they never came. So he wants another trip out to Barbados to see if he can meet Christian. 
because he thinks Christian's really a girl and not a guy. I think Christian's an ugly girl for real. Please stop. Please stop what? I think that's what it is. Please stop. Please stop feeding into this fantasy that there's a real girl. There's not. It's a uh, guy. I, I, no, I, no. I got hope for him. Oh, God. Hope he finds his forever. Something. I don't know why we're dragging this out. This is cruel at this point. Why I, are we still dragging this because out? Because this is good TV. Because I, I guarantee you the Twitter sphere or whatever is going crazy about this. No, all the Twitter talks about is how dumb Teray is. That's any publicity is good publicity. Okay. For the show. But that's it for his storyline. He he finds out she's a cam girl. He thinks maybe she's in on it. Maybe he's just throwing a lot of thoughts to the walls to see what sticks. And now he wants to go to Barbados, which is not a cheap flight from California. I hope he goes. I want to see the ending of this buffoonery. Insanity? Let's this buffoonery. Let's it, move it, to another it, couple. It, it, it left sanity a long time ago. Let's talk about Statler and Dempsey. Statler. Is that uh, ADHD? It's our lesbian couple, yes. Okay. So Statler made it to the UK. And she instantly gets mud butt. Like instantly, like lands, not but a couple hours later. Oh, the stools, the as they call it in England, the stools. They don't call it that either. Yeah, they call it the stools. No. So then. How are you going to tell me? I've been over there. Calvin, you were there for two seconds. I was over there. For two seconds. They call it the stools. No, they don't. <laughs> or the B, we call it BGs or bubble guts. They call it the stools. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Oh, whatever. Agree to disagree. Oh, my gosh. I don't think a layover in the airport counts. But anyway. I ate breakfast with beans, which I instantly sent back to the kitchen. Is that when you found out about the stools? Yeah. The poking beans. I'm like, why, why are these poking beans touching my eggs? Can you take English this back? English breakfast is interesting. Yeah. And that's exactly what I got. I did not know come it's with like poking beans. toast beans. Some kind of haggis situation. A tomato? Like, yeah. What? Why? Yeah. What is happening here? On top of my eggs. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like a traditional American breakfast. Why sorry. is this like this? <laughs> I literally, What's happening? I literally did this. I'm like, sorry, I pushed this back to the I middle. I thought beans and toast was slang. It's no. literally beans on no, toast. It's poking beans on toast. I don't. It's the English people. Somebody explain it to us. So anyway, she made it there. She got sick immediately. She's got the poops. She's barely leaving that bathroom. She's like, my body hates me. I don't know what's going on. You can see the green odors coming out of that bathroom. <laughs> Her initial complaint was that bathroom was too close to the, to the bed. The cameraman <laughs> drops the camera and leaves because he can't That, that did not happen. But I thought it room. was really funny that she's like, this bathroom is too close. And then she's immediately using that too close blugga, bathroom. Blugga, 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 blugga. Because she is sick as a dog, but she still wants to meet Dempsey. So she's like, here's the plan. I'm going to leave early, hit up an, an urgent care, see what's going on with my body. And then I'm going to go see Dempsey. And that's what she does. She Next day, she manages to pull herself into some clothes. She goes to urgent care. Goes to ur- Oh, I'm about to get very angry. And she's in the bathroom, and you just hear this. No. Coming she, out. She does not go to urgent care to go to the bathroom. So, she goes to urgent care. It takes her 30 minutes to get seen, to then get medicine, and then leave. Pay zero dollars. Pay zero dollars. She went to an urgent care while the sun was still out. Left in 30 minutes with medicine. Paid zero dollars. I'm going to say that again. She went to an urgent care for 30 minutes 
got a diagnosis, got a prescription, left without paying any. <sighs> so, ugh, ugh. In America, she would have been there all day. She would have had to pay hundreds of dollars. And then she would have to go somewhere else to get that prescription. She would have had to find another place to get this prescription. And then pay more money. Tom is just staring at me. Yeah, he's, he's the worst co-host ever. I don't know what you want me to say to that. That is not fair. So anyway. That is not fair. America she, she finds out sucks. She gets some relief because she finds out that she's got a parasite and not just the poops. How did she get the parasite? <laughs> I don't know how did she got the parasite. ADHD anyway. wasn't paying attention to ate something she was not supposed to eat. Child, anyway. Blame it on the Now she's on to see Dempsey. She's trying to get her. She's literally trying to get her stuff together. She's trying to see Dempsey. There's moments where she's just huddled in a in an alleyway because her stomach is so upset. But she she gets it together. She's finally gonna see Dempsey, and Dempsey's adorable. She gets to see Dempsey in person for the first time ever, and Dempsey is just as nervous and just as awkward as she is. She goes bonfire. No. But she's super excited. She comes with gifts. She's like, I heard you were sick. And she got her all kinds of things to make her feel better. And she's just so excited. It's like two little puppies that have met each other for the first time. It's very cute. And apparently Dempsey has a chicken nugget booty, which she likes. That's what Sadler says. Yeah. So anyway, but they're excited. They're excited. They're happy to see each other, even with all of the diarrhea that's happening with Sadler. Ooh, when um, she gets to that room, it's going to be ripe. We don't see anything else <laughs> besides that. We do know that the plan is that Statler is not staying in whatever she has. I don't know if this is a hotel or an Airbnb, but she's not staying there. She's going she's gonna to have to get her stuff, and she's going to be following Dempsey to Dempsey's place in the countryside. I think they're going to stay there for that night and then drive to Dempsey's place. Which apparently is like a little bit of a drive because it's in the countryside, and they're in London. Dim sum you win, and dim sum you lose. The previews for next week is uh, more bathroom stuff that's related. They, we, we see that Statler finds out whatever room she's in has a bathroom, has a, a toilet room is what Dempsey calls it, but it's literally that, a room with a toilet. There's no plumbing. So interested how that's going to work. Is there an outhouse maybe that she's got to use? Javon, she's not staying. <laughs> she's going back to America. <laughs> she can't make it. We'll find out. We'll she's, find out. She's not staying. But that's them. So that's what's going on with them. Um, I think we did almost everybody else. Riley Violet. Yeah, let's let's talk about the train wreck that is Christian and Cleo. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna let me start at the top of the episode before Calvin just rattles off something. So Wow. <laughs> so Christian and Cleo wake up first thing in the morning in the bed. But Cleo's like, I don't know what to make of this because apparently Christian is very off and on when it comes to the affection. And, like, he did not touch her during the night. So she's like, I don't know what else to do with this. He's not physically affectionate. Christian admits that he is not sure about himself being in a relationship with a trans woman. Like, this is something he's never done before. There's a whole routine that Cleo does in the morning where she rubs uh, her estrogen gel, which is basically her hormone therapy, on her arm rather than taking a pill. And she's... She explains that she doesn't want to put her liver through all of that, which is fair, and uses topical treatment instead. But Christian's just like, oh, like you could tell he he a he didn't even think to ask her what her routine is. And B, he has no idea 
what goes into being a trans woman at all, like zero, and doesn't have any interest in learning. So that's great. It's working. It's starting out fantastic in the morning. Then Cleo's like, well, are you ready to feed the cats? And you can see the look on Christian's face that he'd rather do anything else. She has a lot of cats. She has two. That's a lot. That's not, that's not a lot. That's a lot when two things are stealing your spirit at the same time. These cats are adorable. You know how cats get nine lives? They steal spirits. Well, I think they should steal Christians. I mean, it's not a loss. Anyway. Every time they nearly kill themselves, they have to wait till you sleep to steal a spirit back. <laughs> Just right yes, your body. that's how they get their nine lives back. So they have 18 lives. First of all, her cats are so cute. Anyway. They're dying constantly every day. Cleo then is talking to Christian and she's like, what's the plan for the day? You know, because she's autistic. Number one, she knows he doesn't plan because of his a astrology sign or whatever. No. <laughs> yes. That's not true. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. The no. sign says we don't plan. No. That's anyway, what the sign says. What's the sign that comes? What, what was it? Zodiac stupidity. That's okay. what it is. Anyway, so she's like, "What's the plan?" And he's like, "I don't have one. I like to wing it." And it's just like further cementing that he has zero interest in learning about Cleo or even asking her, you know, what she does to navigate a day. First thing you should have done, I'm like, hey, I know you're artistic, and you're kind of weird. So, wow. what makes you comfortable that we can do that is fun? If we skipped that enjoyable. first part and just went into, hey, what makes you comfortable for us to do today? That would have worked, but he doesn't even think about it. He's like, let's just do whatever. And the look on Cleo's face is like, oh, God. And she even in her aside, she's like, you know, as somebody who's autistic, predictability is a big part of what makes me comfortable. It helps control my anxiety. So not having any of that and stepping outside of my regular routine, it's very overwhelming. But I don't want to say anything because I don't want to ruin Christian's trip. Meanwhile, Christian's like, I'm trying to live my best James Bond life. I feel like being in London, it just reminds me of all of those scenes in the James Bond movies. And Cleo's like my Bond girl. And it's like, you're gross. Guess what, bitch? You're gross. We're throwing caution to the wind today. You're going to overload and explode today because <laughs> we're about to do whatever i want to do we're about to get it in it basically he's just walking all over the place let's try this direction <laughs> then he's like let's go to a restaurant cleo manages to find a very romantic secluded spot it's like a boat with two people yeah with two people Sucks. outdoors nice and quiet i'm a party and, man and she's like this is not that bad but christian very much is saying that he's like no nah, i need more people i exactly. need to be louder i'm a party man i need the chaos and Cleo's like, okay. He basically talks her into going to another pub. They go to this pub, and it is definitely crowded. Definitely has a lot more people. Definitely much smaller. And Cleo points all of that out. And she's like, I am freaking out right now. This is so overwhelming. The noise is off the charts. There's so many people right here. It's hard for me to focus. And this room is so tiny. So Put on your headphones, bitch. Let's party. Christian doesn't pick up on any of this at all. Christian's too focused about what kind of drinks they can get. and it, it's Let really, me get two James Bonds <laughs> and a tricky Prince William. It's really pointing to the fact that Christian might have drinking situations. He's like, let's get a drink in you. Let's see if that loosens you up. Please don't drink to loosen up. Please don't drink to And let me get a, a car crash, Diana car crash. He gets some of these outrageous drinks. And he's like, oh, I've got a story to tell you, Cleo. And it moves on to be the most disturbing story. Lovely. It's just great. 
apparently while he was on the plane. Calvin called this also when we were watching it earlier. When he was on the plane coming down to the UK, he said he had a few drinks in him. And it got to the point where it was so quiet on the plane, he just started walking up and down the aisles looking for anybody to have a conversation with. He passes a young girl who's staring at him like she's seen a ghost. And he decides, this is a person I need to strike a conversation with. So he starts talking to her. And he ends up talking to her and her friend who's next to her and sits down in an empty seat that's across from them. And is just like getting to know them. He finds out they're 21. Christian's in his 30s. And he flags down a flight attendant and is like, hey, can we get some drinks in here? Because, you know, the girls need to loosen up. The 21-year-old and the flight attendant, according to Christian, out of nowhere, says, I heard about you. No, no more, <laughs> no more drinks for you. And escorts him back to his seat. He finishes telling the story to Cleo and Cleo goes, yeah, that sounds creepy. If I was those girls, I wouldn't want to talk to you. Because that's creepy as hell. So. Sounds like, sound like somebody hitting that button repeatedly. <laughs> Just trying to be covert about it. Help me. Help me, please. Ugh, Christian. And he's just blown away that that's her answer. He's like, what are you talking about? She's being friendly. Nah, man, you're being gross. You're being gross and creepy. Also, clearly you were drunk. You said you had all these drinks in you. I'm so lost why you thought this was appropriate. Also, it tells Cleo that he was openly trying to flirt with people on the way to see her. Great. Lovely. Means absolutely nothing. She points this out, that he was going out of his way to flirt. To talk to all these other girls on the way to see her. And he's like, that's not what was happening. Come on, Christian. Come on, Christian. Please. Stop. What are you doing? You're insane. You you told us you're known as starry-eyed Christian. You told us that you love flirting. Bizarre. So then, to prove her wrong, Christian turns around and starts flirting with the table of girls that are right next to them. I don't say flirting. I think you started up the conversation. Please. I think he was uber nervous. And that's how he handles his nerves. Okay. Sure. He's flirting with that table of girls. Anyway, okay. Cleo picks it up. She's like, what is even happening? They're supposed to be, this is like their first outing after seeing each other for the first time in person. Why would you think it's appropriate to just start talking to strangers? A, you know I'm autistic. I'm already overwhelmed. B, we haven't had a whole lot of time, just the two of us, in the first place. And C, you've been slowly, emotionally distancing yourself from me for the last two days. Why would this be the move? I don't think he noticed it. <laughs> so Christian... Doesn't pay attention to signs or right. anything. Right. So, to me, Christian is his. First of all, he got cut off on the plane. He was walking around. Yeah. I think he was too drunk. Saw. I don't. I think he sat down. Mm-hmm. Looked to saw it was a pretty girl. Then started talking. I think he sat down in the wrong seat. You don't think he said the story right? Yeah, I think he got too drunk. Was walking around because he's like, why is this fucking dude watches wandering the aisles and he sat down think he was back at his seat wasn't started talking to those girls because they were trying probably trying to get him up get him up to get out of their seat and then the 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 stewardess came by like sir you're in the wrong seat he's like these girls need a drink and they're like no you need to stop (laughs) you're done 
Let's go back to your seat. She punched him in the nose. That's why his nose was bleeding. Go to sleep. Yeah. And he was throwing up because he was drunk. Yeah. And he passed out. Lord. Lord. Then he gets there, and everything that his friends and families were saying to him is now playing in his head. Mm-hmm. So alcohol is a way for him to ch- try to get them out of, out of his head. That's not a great move. And it's not working. He never asks his Cleo anything about it, how she feels, how she's doing. What will be good for you so we can actually enjoy, have, our, time together. enjoy our time together. That being said, Cleo needs to cut her losses and just <laughs> lock the door and send him away. The I agree. End. I agree. She does have to decide where she's like, if this insane date is indicative of what it's going to be like dating him <laughs> past this, I don't think I want to pursue exactly this relationship. That's exactly how it's going to be dating him. Exactly. You were blessed with the opportunity to see him for who he really is in those in this short time. Please pay attention. I don't Please think, act accordingly. And here's the thing. I don't think he's a bad guy. Agreed. I guess he has. He just has poor awareness. If he was a video game. He's selfish. I think, I think you can not be selfish and have poor awareness. I think he's selfish. I think he okay. gets into these instances where that are fun for him and doesn't think past that at all, which is why he impulsively got married. Then they got into an old how he's dated several ladies who have all dumped him because he's too friendly with other <laughs> other ladies. Like there's a lot of pattern here about how he likes to be in the moment and nothing else. Okay. Which is fine when you're 16, but it's not as fine when you get older. Okay. Okay. I I thought his awareness, if he was a video game, and he, I, he was a character, his awareness would be 15. <laughs> He'd be a bard. Like, if we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, this is bard behavior. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, I, don't, I don't, don't know what that reference is. No. That's fine. We'll get back to that. Um. So... <laughs> <laughs> Bards are known as like big flirts. They're known as like they're just they don't have any like fight capability. They're just known for being really big flirts. They serve no purpose on that game their, other than flirting. Their fight capability is sleeping with people. So, <laughs> so if you need to befriend somebody, or you need an ally, bard. <laughs> Sounds like a pervert came up with that character. <laughs> that sounds like some a rapist will come up with or or a pervert. I don't know if it started out that way, but it definitely has devolved to that. So anyway, the point wow. Is, this is why you should check all your kids' games before they play them. Dungeons and Dragons is for adults. I mean, kids could probably could play it, but it's mostly adults that play it. Anyway. Anywho. So. Sidebar. Uh, terrorists, you should use that game to dump intelligence stuff to each other. Say it again. Terrorists, you should use that game to leave, yeah, oh. leave messages to each other. I thought, I thought you were saying your cousin Terry was using that. And I was like, what's that? Why? Wow. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Anywho. Your um, ears really don't work. Sure. But yeah, that's what's happening with Cleo and Christian. That's pretty much the end of uh, 90 Day Fiance the other way. The previews for Sunday coming up look great. There's a scene with Razvan and Amanda where he's like, I think we need to have sex. And Amanda goes, I'm on my period. And Razvan goes, and? Initial you statement take still this. stands. Bohemian sword. Itch, 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 itch. When she says I'm on my period, he says, so swords need to have blood on them sometimes. 
It shows you know I've what, been. In, it shows it's been in battle. You know what, Razman? And it's killed and slayed a couple of dragons. You win extra bonus points yeah. from me. That's what I'm gonna do to that cooch. I'm gonna slay it. You win extra bonus yeah. points from me. That's right. And what? I mean, the that only thing. Something... Period. Stop is sentences. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, you like that? I like that. Said just like a perv. I like it. I'm living with a pervert. Did not know. I'm just saying. I'm I'm glad he wasn't somebody who was like, ooh, gross, icky. <laughs> That's what he should say. <laughs> I don't want that on my bed. You're watching my sheets. No, Thank you. I'm squeeze sure. me. Squeeze me. He had all those tissues <laughs> as if by the bed. Because he's I'm been sure he's he knows he's, how to handle this. He's been uh playing a lot of hand to hand combat with his sword. In a TMI statement, ladies, if you do decide to engage while on the period it actually helps with like muscle release it, it's got a lot of side benefits that are very helpful what stupid google medical person told you that an actual doctor my gynecologist <laughs> so well she's a pervert too <laughs> the world is full of perverts is that okay who studies medicine that's only focused on one the genitalia? world is no longer a ghetto the world is full of perfect no but seriously it helps with like muscle contraction and it it does all kinds of stuff we're doing so, way too much i'm just saying thank you there are benefits dr mitchell but we also haven't seen amanda and razvan in like two episodes you realize that yeah i i'm fine with it we're also watching 90 days the other way but we're not covering it per se but i will say right now um worth it Worth it right now. That that season is so much better than this one. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> the way people do not care about other people's culture is amazing <laughs> to me. It's amazing. Uh, everybody should buy out to American culture or Americanize oh, their goodness. culture to make them feel comfortable. It's amazing to me. It's just so. It. I'm not gonna lie. Ninety days the other way feels like when we were watching Ninety Days for the first time. And that's what. It, that's the feel it's giving me. It's giving me. Couples who are generally just blissfully unaware of all of the issues that are mounting in front of them. It's the greatest. Like that one girl who's like, yeah, I'm going to have an Indian wedding in the next couple of weeks. But she also does not know what that means at all in any way. Why is no one asking for my input? I want to wear white. Girl, what? <laughs> it's just, it's just... Only the animals wear white because they're pure and sacred. <laughs> the fact that Put that red on. The fact that your fiance's family has embraced you, you're already so far ahead of so many people right now. There's an old 90-year-old woman that wishes her mother-in-law loved her. For real. For real. In a hard way. Like, it's just, like, it's, oh, that one's so much better. But anyway, that was 90 Day Fiance. Hello. Did you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. And now, worth the watch. Yep. So for this week's worth the watch. We watched uh, Hoochie Daddies on Hump TV. Hump the Hoochie Daddy. You ain't nothing but a Hoochie Daddy. 
No, it's not how that goes at all. Anyway. That's the theme song. They actually have a theme song. How come you didn't sing it? You know what a hoochie daddy? I don't know the theme song. We've been watching episode after episode. You don't know how this goes. The theme song is so horrible. I don't like, try to remember. Come on it. out, hoochie daddies. Come on out, hoochie daddies. Come on, hoochie daddies. And they just come up by their names and dance and go to a car. Listen, as we discussed last week, Tubi has been a go-to for black independent film and or TV series projects. Okay? <laughs> Hoochie Daddies is an independent reality TV series that's filmed in Florida that features eight masculine identifying females. Dykes. Calvin, don't use that word. And... Because they don't all they don't all identify as that word, so don't use it. Anyway, she hulks. No. Anyway, the point is, it's a bunch of lesbian studs in a studs <laughs> in in a, in a I want to say a two bedroom house in Florida that they kind of Jimmy rigged to have all these other it's beds. Like a, a ranch with beds in the closets. If this is a ranch, why is the house so small? Because that's all they can get. Okay. Anyway. It is nonstop laughter. If uh, you were like, I really love the ultimatum on Netflix, but I want to find something that looks like it was filmed by iPad. It looks like the ultimatum leaves love and hip hop meets a bad to be black independent movie. It looks like the ultimatum meets your local friend who's doing TV shows in the backyard. That's what it looks like. Your public pro- public access channel. Yes. <laughs> but... And now Myrtle. <laughs> It's so regular, regular. Like, when they show them pulling up to the house, it looks like your literal house. It looks like you're in, they're like they're filming in your backyard. I guess the same backdrop. It's great. Almost everybody in that show is from the DMV area. <laughs> it's from the DMV area. They're not even from Florida. Hi, I'm Jib. This is Myrtle. <laughs> and we're going to sing a song. They're either out of Baltimore or they're from Virginia or somewhere else in Maryland or they're, or they're claiming D.C. I was like, yo, why are so many out here? Okay, anyway. But uh, first of all, the premise of the show, it sounds like they were trying to come up with like challenges and games for somebody to be labeled. What was it again? Like head, stud, head, head hoochie daddy or something? Head stud hoochie daddy. The winner. I don't and, know. <laughs> but I the, don't even know what they're called when they win. The games aren't really well structured. So the editing around it is one goes game, on too long. Yes, one game they did was slip inside, hump pop b- balloons. Slip inside. Slip and slide, hot hump pop balloons. So one person is standing with their back turned, with the with balloon, balloon. Okay. on their back. The other person has to slide into the person and pop the balloon. Uh huh. And they can't move until they pop the balloon. So pretty much, you got these ladies humping each other to get the balloon to pop. To, to, to get the balloon to pop. Uh, what's your name? King Dyke? <laughs> the, these are the names of the... the I think her name is King Dyke. There's, there's, uh, no, there's Dyke God. Dyke God. There's King Stud. I think it's or Dyke. Or Stud King. I, it's either Dyke God or King, whatever. She, I think she felt some type of way when the girl was ramming her in the back. She, cause she... I looked, have no idea. I didn't get to see it. Cause she literally st- was standing there. Every time she talked, she's like, I don't. I'm like, is she crying for real? She's like, I didn't. I'm uncomfortable. Maybe it triggered something, Calvin. For whatever reason, all these girls were carrying guns. They had to get the guns taken away. I don't know. Like everybody was like, I don't. I don't. She was just pumping me too hard. The show is so ratchet and fantastic. 
watch it if you get the chance. Yes, if it's you if you want to see what did she said? Uh, the Netflix of uh Ultimatum Ultimatum filmed on iPads meets watch hip hop. <laughs> uh, meets love after love and lockup. No. Meets <laughs> a bad Tubi movie. No, definitely a bad Tubi movie though. Definitely giving you that for sure. It's like I I don't know. It's structured very interestingly. They don't have a lot of graphics. And like she they said, some of the scenes go on way too long, and they don't know how to cut them. We're, I'm so used to 90 Day Fiance love during lockup style editing, where like even if there is a fight, you get all these asides from the either the people in the fight or the people that are witnessing the fight, so that it breaks it up for you, so you know what's going on, why it started, what's what's happening. But when you're watching it, fights break out in, in this show. You're watching it almost real time. So you're seeing somebody get mad. You're seeing the fight ensue. And then you're seeing the long talk afterwards about how they felt about the fight. And it's not even like, you know, confessional style. It's them literally in groups just going in and going on for a very long time. And that's the whole episode. You okay, I have my pizza. They took my pizza. They took your pizza too. It took my pizza. I don't know how to take my pizza. I do not need my pizza to move around. You know what I'm saying? Shot, I can get around. I don't know what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? I just carry my pizza on me. That feels wrong. She said, who she, she, I, she said, I have my pizza. I don't know how she got my pizza. She took your pizza too. I don't know who told her I had a pill. They only had one competition so far. I think I'm only on episode five. They've, so far, they only had one competition where they actually had to flirt with other girls. And I'm going to need more of those style competitions, please. Because twerking to shake bells out of a tissue box. Javon. They're scaring the people. That's why they can't do too much of those <laughs> challenges. <laughs> Give me your number, bitch. It's not a good way they to get numbers. They weren't scaring them. We did also get to see some performances. Apparently, most of the girls on here are scrippers. They scrippers. I mean, they're talented. So if you want to see titties and booty, but with pasties, this is a show for you. None. No, those aren't pasties. That's tape. <laughs> that's, that's sports tape. Okay. Not a pasty. Oh, well. But it's very interesting. It's very. It's. It, I don't have boobs. The so gender dynamics know. are very interesting. So, but it's it's. Oh, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch anyway. Just watch it for the trash. It's so good. So what good is, to watch. What is it called again? It is called Hoochie Daddy. You know me, Hoochie Daddy. Hoochie Daddy's on TV. Highly yeah. recommend. Okay, on to Love During Lockup because it's back. It's Love back. During Lockup is back. Love. It's been love. too long. After lockdown. I think the last one was what? Ended in April or March? I don't know. It's back. That's all I need to know. Let's go ahead and get into it. So, yes. we meet the couples. First couple up is Jade and Chris. Do you remember who they are? Jade and Chris. Mm-hmm. Is that the dude with the, that has all the money? Yes. So, Jade is married to a man named Chris who's currently incarcerated for 32 years but could get out in 2024. Uh. Chris is a multiple offender, but Jade says she can fix him because, you know, that's healthy. Uh, I should also note that Jade is 33 and Chris is 39. So uh, Jade met Chris through the prison pen pal program. Okay. Hmm. You have to go online and and literally Google that. You don't just come across it. Anyway, they both found each other attractive. Maybe that was in her history and it just popped up. In her history means she already went there. So they both found each other when they met in person, very attractive, and they got married seven months later. They didn't wait. There was no waiting. They just, yep, it's happening. That's Um, what happens when you're madly in love. 
when we pick up with Jade, she's throwing a birthday party, a 30th birthday party for her sister. She says she's very close to her family. And then we get a bigger look at what's going on with Jade's house. Jade lives in a huge home in Florida, which is not a cheap place to live. It's huge. And we find out Chris is Native American and is part of a very rich tribe that owns a casino. He gets 10 grand to 12 grand a month, which goes into a joint account that Jade uses to spend on the home, on herself, on her friends. That whole party that she's throwing for her sister, clearly using Chris's money. So uh, we see that Chris calls Jade a lot. All he wants is attention. He's in prison. (laughs) He's in prison. That's all he wants. So he's calling Jade a lot. And she says he calls a lot. um, But she's, he wants to know like when the next time is that they're going to call. Cause he kn- she knows he knows she's having a party and she's like, eh, maybe in an hour. Cause you know, I'm here with my friends and my family. And he's like, all right, you better call me an hour. Which was a lie. Well, so she has the party with her sisters and her friends and her family. She leaves her phone inside the house. Everybody's outside by the pool. Cause she's living in a very expensive home. Phone is going off. She's not picking <laughs> it up. <laughs> Then we hear from the family and how they feel about Chris. And they're like, we know that Chris and Jade love each other. However, we think that Chris is too controlling and untrusting of Jade. He's got a lot of trust issues. That is a very understatement. Interesting. (laughs) So, I have opinions. But anyway, so. um, What's your opinion? I feel like Jade knew exactly what she was getting into. Their courtship was seven months. But they've been together now for a year and some change. So this behavior isn't new. And for the, and the fact that her family is aware of it means that it started off rip like that. It's been like that since go. Oh, okay. So also, they have no qualms about spending his money. So. Beggars can't be choosers. Anyway. This is going to end bad. So Jade... Finally picks up the phone. Chris leans into her about not being available. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. She starts feeling bad about it. Like, she starts being real sad about it. Hangs up on him a couple times. Her sisters are like, you don't deserve this. He is too controlling. Meanwhile, drinking all. Let me drink this alcohol that he paid for. And also, (laughs) right? (laughs) Enjoying his house. Like, I understand. At the same time. You don't like how this guy is treating your sister. But you're also contributing to him being even more embroiled with your sister at I the same time. I just want to know how you got all their numbers. She probably gave it to them. Why? Because, Calvin, th- think about it. Think about it. Young, in love, right? Sky's the limit. You- boundaries, zero. Like, so I'm sure he was like, in case I can't get a hold of you on your phone, who else can I get a hold? You know, how- who else can I contact to get a hold of you? And she gave him the rundown. Mom, dad, sisters, friends. So... Here's why I don't blame him. I blame her. Okay. Okay. Uh, public service announcement. If anybody says they're madly in love with you, mm. they're crazy. Well, I mean, them alone. you should definitely point to that madly part. I've left. I've, I've said a lot of things about love, but never said madly. And love in the same sentence. What else have you said about love, Calvin? I happily love you. I love you. I That's, happily? Yeah. Love you. I don't think mad should ever be with the word love. Doesn't make sense. Mad shouldn't be the word shouldn't be mad and love shouldn't be in the same sentence. That makes sense. 
anybody tells me they're mad in love with me, I just instantly leave. Not instantly. <laughs> yes. Okay. I Star Trek it out of there. I morph out of there. <laughs> beat me up immediately. Let's go. Exactly. Gods, beat me up. She likes it, though, is my thing. She's tattooed this man's name not once but twice Manly on her body. Manly in love never leads, always ends badly. Here's where growing Someone up. Someone gets choked eventually. Here's where growing up with white people comes in handy. This is somebody who likes that kind of ferocity. It makes her feel like the relationship is real because he would literally kill himself. Like, like, and her, like, there are people out there that are like, this is just signs of how devoted he is to me. Like, they don't don't see it for the red flags. If you ever make a mistake and say you're madly in love with me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you one more time. Excuse me. What did you say? You say it again with a straight face. Like, this is not a joke, right? You're serious? I think this is a situation where she realizes it's not healthy, but also doesn't want it to change. She likes this intensity. I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm going to work. And Wait, then, it's what, Sunday. Where what are you did, going? What did you think about Chris's explanation of why he has a trust issue? It makes no goddamn sense. I think it made a little sense. No. Stop picking girls who cheat on you. He didn't say anybody cheated on him. He blamed all of it on his mom. He said she was a stripper, and uh, he saw how men used her, but he also saw how she used men. And his takeaway was women are petty. Like, that was the takeaway. Not that his mom got used and maybe was in terrible, toxic, abusive relationships and maybe created a a coping mechanism that also had her out there trying to get revenge. He doesn't take... That's not the takeaway. The you, takeaway is she was petty. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to take on your parents' burdens. Even if you see something, you don't have to take on your parents' burdens. Understandably. You don't so have to he gave himself that burden. Well, so once again, you can't blame your parents for every bad decision you make in your life. I don't think he blamed her for everything, but he's saying that that's part of his reasoning. To me, I understand, but at the same time, too, you decide to take that burden on. You could have said, I'm not going to let this affect me. But sometimes you don't get to decide. But I understand what you're saying. You still have to take the action to fix it. Like if you recognize that this is something you're doing, you should take the action to fix it. And clearly this guy was like, eh, it is what it is. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But hey, anyway. too, I can't fix you. Well, Jade's like, I'll fix you. So they're both in that mentality so of she's like. she's stupid. They're, but they're both in the mentality of like, it's just what it is. Oh, very naive. I don't think naive is the word. She's 33. And she's stupid. Okay. Anywho. So that's Jade and Chris. So when Chris Hans accidentally gets around her neck, it's not his fault. The other thing the show didn't mention, though, is that Jade is a is quite a popular social media influencer. She actually has a huge following for this story alone. I'm sure this is how Love and Lockup found them. Okay. Because her whole her whole shtick online is that she's married to somebody in prison who's crazy rich. <laughs> so, so that's working for her too. So he's not rich. Kinda. He has. He gets a. He gets a lot of monies. Monthly. Evidently, it wasn't enough to keep him out of jail from stealing. I also don't know. So, I don't know how much you remember of casinos when that legalization was trying to get pushed through. It's not old. It's not something that's been happening. There was a time until about, I want to say, till about 2002, maybe 2003, where that wasn't a thing. It became something later. Laws got passed where uh, reservations could put casinos on their land. 
So it's not it's not something that's been happening. It's relatively new. Whatever, sure. So he he's I don't know that he's just been getting this money, but I don't think he's been getting money this whole time, which is probably why he also had the other offenses, you know. So that being said, next that's just the one couple. Ready for the next one? Sure. All right. Next one is Letitia. Who's next? I have a sister named Letitia. I'm gonna I'm gonna bugger about this, but and they're both bad people. <laughs> if she ever did this, what this lady does, good gravy. Anyway, so there's a lady named Letitia and Keith. Letitia's 36. Keith is 34. Keith is incarcerated for federal drug charges of distribution, and he's currently in jail for 14 years. Is this the one with the lady with the tax business or whatever? Yes. So oh, this is my favorite couple. Letitia's a single mother of two. She's currently seeing Keith. Uh, she says the gold teeth on him was the panty dropper. I thought you said the gold teeth. No. Gold grill. Oh. The teeth. Oh, I need to look Panty at the clothes. Dropper. I need to read the closed caption a little bit faster then. Letitia met Keith through a friend who was dating Keith's cousin, who was also incarcerated. Oh, we just like the we just uh great at selecting men. Lord. Aren't we? But Letitia and Keith got engaged after two years. We find out that she <sighs> runs her own tax accounting service business. Um, but she about to run it in the ground, but continue. She announces to her employees that Keith is going to be running the business with her from prison. And she so he's wonders, now a co-boss. And she wonders why everybody's looking at her like she's stupid. The employees make no qualms about how insane this sounds. And she gets immediately defensive. <laughs> They're looking at her like, that, what? I think that one girl that's really. You're about to jump into another thing, aren't you? Opinionated. No, that one girl is really opinionated. I think. <sighs> I don't think she was opinionated. I think these were valid concerns. <laughs> these were valid concerns. I don't know which what it is, but she got some qualms with the boss. Probably okay. I don't. Know. I think personal qualms. I, that's an assumption. I don't know. Maybe, but also if this is how she, if this is one instance of how she runs her business, I can only imagine what the other days look like. Qualms like she's like might be like a cold owner or something like that or she has some money invested into this or something i don't think that's true but she's very opinionated for employee because if that was true she wouldn't have told her well you can leave like step back because if she was a co-owner there'd be contractual obligations that that would have had been run by her before keith came on as a boss well uh, well, she she allows her employees to be very opinionated because that girl's like um i don't think i'm doing this this is stupid this is not the 1900s triangle waist shirt factory style days. I you, get, you get to be opinionated at the I get that. job. But you also can be opinionated yourself right out the door. But she, you can't fire her for, opinion, for opinions. Anyway. Okay. But but basically, yes. Her employees are like, this is some nonsense. And there is a, an employee who's like, are you serious right now? How is this going to work? I don't know how I feel about having a boss who's in prison. And Letitia's like, if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> you can resign. And then she's like, actually, this is going to open up a whole new clientele for us because Keith is going to get the people in prison to use our services for taxes. And the first thing the girl asks is, people in prison do taxes? And she's like, yeah. It's a valid question because how are they making money? How much money are they even making? Anyway. 
but she's like, it's going to be so great for the business. And her employees are I've like, it will not. I've never heard somebody in jail call and say, hey, Junebug, can you do me a favor? Go get my taxes done. I need you to fill out this form. Okay, absolutely. Um, Make sure the W-4s are in order. Yo, player, player, player. I made 50 cents last year, player. I need you to go get, go get that, uh, go get my, uh, my tax refund for me. <laughs> and put it on my books, cuz. It is. And then later, she takes her team out. It looks like a happy hour. They're all getting drinks. Yep. And so they can go back to work and fuck up some people's taxes. <laughs> it's happy hour, so they're done with the day. I don't know how many happy hours. I start at 12. It's 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. You're hilarious, Calvin. Anyway, during happy hour, Letitia finds out that one of her employees may or may not have had relations with Keith. And guess who told her? The mouthy one. Was it the mouthy one? Yes. The mouthy one said, hey, Keisha, don't you know her boyfriend, Frank? What's his boyfriend name? Nope. You don't even know. I don't think you're real. Anyway. Keith? His name is Keith? Yes, Calvin. She's like, don't you know Keith, Keisha? Keisha's like, uh. <laughs> First of all, we don't know her name is Keisha. Calvin is making up stuff on the spot. But Keisha, don't get shy now. Didn't y'all used to date? And Keisha's like, bitch, I'm going to kick your ass when we get outside. It, they leave it there, but it could mean anything. First of all, this man has been sentenced to 14 years in prison. We don't know how long he's been serving. We know it's been at least a few years because him and Letitia, Letitia they got engaged after two years of talking, and I don't know how long he was in prior to the talking. And it's been at least a year, if not a little bit more, since that engagement. So the time frame of him being able to talk to another person either puts him in as a teenager or or he's cheating, but I don't. No, that that's the other factor. Now watch what you say, because the feds is always watching. What did I say? That's what we say on the streets. Calvin, what are you? How does that make sense? Keith, jump on my body and let me know the feds are watching. Calvin, anyway, anywho, they ended there. We don't get to know how the rest of that shakes out. We're gonna have to wait till next episode. That's that couple. The next couple is Renika. And Asante. Oh, another one with another jailbird. Oh, they're all in jail. Goddamn. This is another woman who has a successful business. She's got an eyelash vending machine business. She's got at least five of them. She says she makes about 20 grand each machine. That easily puts her in six figures. Like, she's doing good for herself. She's got two girls that she's taking care of. But she's in love with Asante. And she's moving to Atlanta very quickly so that she's near him. Because he's incarcerated that way. Because she's in love with an inmate. Uh, I don't even know when he's supposed to get out. I think it's like a couple months, maybe a year. Anyway, her dad is like, "Why are you doing this?" She started talking to Santi on the phone, and eventually they got into a relationship. She sends him two to three thousand dollars a month to support him, as is right now. And that girl who vending machine she has in this lady's business, like, bitch, you can pay me more money to have this vending machine in here if you got money to just send to him all willy nilly. Well, she See, sometimes you shouldn't tell everybody your business. That's not what she said. She found out that Renika was making money with her additional vending machines. That's when she was like, well, go ahead and send some money this way. What? Because, and too, she told her the whole thing she sent him but that money That was too. after. That was when she was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, she needed to add some more money. But, but my, that lady was like, why are you about to uproot your life? <laughs> like, they, like, you don't even know what kind of job you're going to get when you go to Atlanta. You don't have anything set up. And All of too, your stuff is here. What are you doing? She's a rapper. Oh, yeah, her, also, side, her side hustle is rapping. So that might get her rap career off the ground. 
I doubt it, but hey, anything's gonna happen. It's it's just a lot. And every time Renika's telling somebody there, the look on her face says, Run, girl, run. What are you doing to yourself? Renika has a dinner date with her father, um, and it's a little bittersweet because she doesn't have the best relationship with her dad. He is an ex convict. He went away for he said eighteen years. Yeah. For eighteen he, years. He was moving some weight. And um uh, and he understands he's a he to, to his immense credit, he's very understanding in that his children are very hesitant about him being back in their lives now because they're all grown. But he's talking to her and she's like, yeah, I'm about to move to Atlanta to be with my husband, my boyfriend who's incarcerated. And he's like, you know, prison speak is a thing. Like they just be saying anything because they're in prison. They don't, <laughs> there's nothing else for them. They're in prison. And she's like, well, you were an ex-convict. And he's like, yeah, that's how I know. Did he, what? did he backhand her and said, I'm sorry. He didn't do any of that. But he does try to break it down to her like, I need you to please try to be as realistic as possible. I understand you're going to take this leap of faith, but please try to be as realistic as possible. And she's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> That's it, pretty much. Um, What else we got? We got oh, Andy and Brittany, which is really short. Andy's the former police officer. And Brittany's the incarcer- is incarcerated for drug possessions. And slash addi- she also has addiction issues. We find out this is not Andy's first rodeo being with somebody who's an addict. Apparently, he had an ex-wife who eventually left him and turned to drugs, which left their children to fend for themselves. And Andy became a single father. He ended up having to quit the police force because he couldn't work nights anymore in order to support his kids and like be there for him day to day. So Andy has breakfast with his friend, who's also still on the police force who is not a fan of Andy dating this, this inmate. He immediately is like, you know what they told us when we first joined the police academy, right? Like, if you get involved as an inmate, you're going to get fired. And he's like, well, technically I'm not on the job, so that doesn't apply. And he's like, have you done a background check on this girl? And he's like, no. And he's like, let's do a background check on this girl. So many flags pop up on this background check. Apparently this lady had 25 cohabitants. That means she was either living with 25 different people or she was in a crack house. Whatever comes first. Sound like both. Um. So he met her after he left the police force. He did. He left. He met her after the police force. They started talking online. Well, okay. Well, that's better, I guess. Is it? I don't we know. find out that she's got a lot of similarities with that ex-spouse that left, like a lot. And Andy's like, no, it's different this time. But <laughs> it's you, different this time. You're attracted to what you're attracted to. I don't know what to tell you. His friend is like, I think you got to save your complex. Like he's like, you keep putting yourself in these situations. So you're a captain slave, a whole friend. Uh, basically, basically. You them chicken heads where they supposed to be in them in that chicken coop. His friend's like, how much money you send her? And he's like, well, it's been about five to six thousand so far. <laughs> His friend's like, please stop, please don't do this anymore. I like how poor people have all this discretionary money to give away. But then complain about not having enough money to do what they want to do. Yeah. Later, we get like a side little quick clip of him talking to his son. And his son is quick to be like, yeah, you really got a fetish for drug addicts. Yo. Yo. They give good heads, son. Wait a minute. Give me two crack pipes. I'm going to give you some head. No. It is. But that's we don't get too much after that. Like We get some parts with Brittany talking about how in love she is with Andy, even though he's a former cop. Just thinks he's so positive, but she's also, you know, in prison. So, you know, Charlie Popo. You want to talk about somebody who seems unstable? Brittany seems like she's two steps away from cutting somebody. But anyway, 
Oh, yeah. I hope it's just like the last crackhead they had on there. Which one? There was more than Destiny. one. Destiny. You think she was a crackhead? She was a mess and she was on crack. Okay. She, <laughs> anyway. she, was, on, she was on all the crazy stuff. I don't, she's not giving me Destiny vibes. Not you know until who she, she get out? You know who she gives me vibes of? I don't know if you remember. You remember the the white guy who worked as like a janitor? He lived with his parents who were super rich. And he, yeah. he, his, he fell in love with his girlfriend and she got back on crack and then got him on crack too. Like they started using together. Yeah. Do you remember? Did she end up dying? Yes. She had a baby and then she passed. Yes. Was it for him? No, it wasn't his baby. But it was another love after lockup person. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was though it was a ride of a lifetime. But she gives me that vibe. Like, do you remember how erratic that lady was? Like yes. she was like either hardcore in yeah. love with him, and then all of a sudden she was like, Give me these drugs. Like it was Give me the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the cracks. <laughs> I'm a karate chop you in the, in the back of your head. <laughs> give me the cracks. That is not what happened. He's like, I'm not going to give you the cracks. Give me the cracks. <laughs> they did have a fight where he's like, I'm not going to get you the drugs anymore. You're going to give me the like, cracks. I'm going to run you over with your own car, which one you want. <laughs> Death or cracks. Which one you going to give me? <laughs> I'll kill your parents if you don't give me the cracks now. <laughs> He's like, okay, just here. Get away from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, cracks, cracks, cracks. Nom, 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 cracks, cracks, cracks. So I'm like, she is a cookie monster for cracks. God damn. What are we doing? I'm like, why she's on this? Why she on TV? Y'all are fucked up for this, y'all. This, y'all, this is messed up. Y'all are messed she up. She was threatening his life to get this drugs. But, like, it was. It was wild. She's cuckoo for crack. Boy. It was like wild. It. But we don't get any more from those two so far. Then we move into another Britney. But this time it's Britney and Karak, I want to say, is the name. Karak is incarcerated for robbery. Sorak? Karak. K-E-R, okay? Oh, Rock. he's black, isn't he? Yes. Britney and Karak uh, are engaged. Is. With that name, you could only be black. This is the couple that met in prison, and we were like, how do you do that? Oh, yeah. So this couple <laughs> met in prison, and when they were doing it, I was on my phone. I'm like, huh, they must have met also, in passing. Though, the show set you up, because she's like, I met him in prison, mm-hmm. and they're and then, cause, oh, because she's that cop. So homegirl also was in prison. Yes. She went in for armed robbery. Armed robbery. What Was this federal or state? I think she she was said she went to a maximum prison. Is that federal? State. She went to state. state. Yeah. She she was in a maximum prison. Unless she robbed a bank for some re- crazy, but I think she just did armed robbery. She said she set up a, a a gig, so I don't. She set up somebody to get robbed. So, so she went to jail for three years for armed robbery. She, she said this happened around the time she was eighteen. She's twenty two now. So, if the armed robbery took, we were doing the mental math. She did the armed robbery stuff. It probably happened. Six months into her being 18. And then, you know, it takes a little time for everything to go through court before you get your sentencing. She probably was 19 walking into jail. Served her three years. Because she's only been out for six months, she said. Yep. She's 22 now. Homegirl is in cosmetology school. She's learning how to cut hair. And I'm she's a cosmopolitan her... shoe. Nope. She's given her whole life story to her teacher. And um, so we find out she went to jail for armed robbery. This is where she met Karak. And everybody started. And then as she's telling her story more and more, you're like, how... Did she meet Karak in prison? According to the story, she was walking down the med hall and Karak started calling after her. 
to get to, to introduce themselves. So then I'm like, hey, you said, wait, how are you doing I'm this? Like, how are you doing this? The teacher's like, how are you meeting jails? <laughs> and that's when Brittany says, oh, Karak is a transgendered man. So because in the state that they're in, the state they're in doesn't recognize uh, transsexuality whatsoever. So you can't put him in a jail with men. Basically, because Karak was assigned female at birth, Karak has to go to a, a female prison. Especially according to what type of prison they're in, you can't do that. But if this, I'm th- if, but if this is maximum security, you're gonna have to pit that pit pit him in solitary confinement. Well, but you have to do that with some people anyway. No, because they're bad. They do something crazy. They put get put on lockdown. You have to personally put her on lock him on lockdown the whole time. Okay. Well, because they can't be in. Uh, they did it for R. Kelly. Pup, he's a celebrity. That's different. I just feel like they could do. Anyway, the point is, so that's how they met. Even though Karak identifies, and as he's man, not really in solitary. He's probably by himself, but not in solitary. He probably does go in in public. We're talking too much about R. Yeah, Kelly. So right. Karak is Karak is still in prison though. Um. They, but they're about to get out in like a couple months, I think, like two or three months. Something like that. Something like. But Karak gives us like a brief little history. They also went in jail for robbery. Um, they came out as transgendered when they were 16, but they lived in a household where that was not allowed. That was not something they even accepted. Daddy didn't play. Basically. So, you know, they've, they've had to deal with their ups and downs around that. But they, they're, they're now living their life and their truth. As a man. Living their best life in jail. Um, Brittany is sporting a $4,000 ring on her hand from Karak. She's like, Karak, you know, invests in other businesses. Also, Karak has these sugar mamas that give him money. And the teacher's like, you cool with that? You cool with Karak having all these sugar mamas? And Brittany's very money-minded. She's like, whatever. Karak comes home to me, and I get that money. So it, it's whatever. So when she does her aside, I'm like, oh. That's the person who went to jail. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't hate her for that. I mean, shoot. Go ahead, do you, boo. Get this, get this money from your sugar mamas. Go ahead and pay it to me. Thank you so much. She switched real fast when she was talking about that girl might leave. That dude might leave. It's very interesting. And I was like, oh, that's the person that went to jail. Because the little person, the little girl that was laughing in the cosmopolitan shoe, mm-hmm. I don't see the thing like I like how you keep saying cosmopolitan. Because cosmetology school. Medea's in my head. Cosmetology. Medea's in my head every time I say that. Say You're that. crazy. So she was all nice and giggly until that lady was like, what happens if he leaves? She's like, I'll kill him. That's not what she said at all. But her look said it. For sure. She's thing. like, I'm not worried about him leaving. Probably because in her head she was like, because I will kill him. So anyway. But she also doesn't like that people unfairly judge their relationship as just a prison thing every time. Because people are like, well... You know, that was in prison. Now you're out. Because a lot of those things, because the person was in prison, then when they get out, freedom. <gasps> I can have anybody I want now. Right. But that's all. We only get like a, a tidbit of that. So Smidgen. I'm waiting to see what else happens there. And that's pretty much it. That's it for Love During Lockup. We got to meet all the new couples. They all seem a mess. I'm so excited everything's back on. I also love that everybody's still blissfully ignorant to the fact that this could fall apart at the seams. So quickly when they get out of jail. Awesome. <laughs> That's why I live to live for to watch. There you go.
Thank you for listening to We Like That podcast. We like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.